Greetings, dear Earth family. Welcome to Ascension Stories. Today we have Mira, and she is a wellness coach. Welcome, Mira. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor. Thank you so much for being here. I I needed to have you on. You are absolutely fantastic. Um, the work that you do, the content content that you release, it's uh, absolutely amazing. So um, usually the way I start this, I like to ask people about their ascension journey, whatever it is that you want to share, however short, however long, it's up to you, whatever comes to mind. Sure. So uh, the ascension journey has been an interesting one for me in that uh, it's basically been just a total deconstruct and reconstruct process for me. Um, including to the point where I've even now come to a awareness of like within the, these concepts of ascension that we have these preconceived notions of hierarchy as belief systems that don't necessarily serve us even within the ascension process, um, which for me has been an understanding or learning that basically there's present self and that present self's loving or unconditional observer awareness is what connects and transcends future and past self into whole being basically. So that we're not, we're not only meant to ascend that we're supposed to kind of be the bridge between higher and lower self and that they are both meeting us in the middle um, to integrate. So that would be what I would share that's been like the most epiphanous for me re uh, recently as far as ascension um, goes. Because again, we have this whole concept that like the higher, the better. Um, and I started realizing, well, you can't like, you gotta have something that meets in the middle basically. So even higher self has something to learn from perceived lower self that it's just our human ego individuation programming that kind of gives us this idea that something that's higher or above us is literally better than us um, or, or knows more than us, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I would say that's been the most interesting and hopefully that opens a few people's eyes about, you know, not just focusing on um, only moving into uh, just pure unadulterated ascension, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you need to definitely be aware uh, of the fact that, that, yeah, neither is better or worse, uh, the higher self or even spirit, let's say God, I mean, is learning through these forms on this uh physical plane you know it's it's nothing's higher nothing's lower Th these are just words they're all part of one the same thing and we're actually doing the hard work they're they're out there just like do 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 yeah sure i'll get you yeah here's a sign you know <laughs> we're all do we're, we're doing the really like uh i guess heavy lifting over here so you know we're the ones that like we're you know, this, this plane was, was created to, to uh, teach us. This is really important. We're doing really important work. So, I mean, technically, if you want to do hierarchy, which, you know, I wouldn't advise, I would not advise. We're actually even better, but no, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but seriously, this is, uh, this is really important stuff. We are not to, um, definitely not to like talk about, you know, that's better. This, this is worse. It's all, the same worth it's all necessary you know um so so yeah and i feel like you know people think that we need to 
transcend and kind of just like live in the you know like this euphoria this uh you know 5d consciousness they don't understand that um 3d is very important as well like we incarnated here to be physical humans we didn't yeah. we, you know like this whole like oh meets meet me suit like when the people say it in a derogatory way just like no you're here for a reason if spirit wanted to be spirit it would stay spirit <laughs> so like you know what is this rejection no definitely not you have to you have to anchor you have to ground you have to both are important and like you said kind of meet halfway or just kind of integrate would be a good word as well just kind of both very very important no nothing needs to be discounted yes so there's a there's a great saying which is that the sum is always uh the whole is always greater than the sum of its parts right. which is basically you know this transcendent itself is an understanding that it is a simultaneous or synchronistic convergence of perceived past present and future self occurring as one organism or entity thinking process and that's what makes it feel so much better or easier or lighter that you have all of yourself instead of like just higher self um basically but that you know you need that that sort of trinity and I, i've done a lot of work figuring out that that is basically what the yeah, trinity was trinity. always supposed to represent yes exactly <laughs> that you know that we're supposed to learn that but i to your effect too the other thing i'm kind of working with is this understanding that you know 5d is sort of architect level and then 3d is dweller level and it's really difficult to be the architect and the dweller simultaneously so you kind of have to have these ebbs and flows of being individuation or self and then stepping into that transcendent, more source-related self when you need to, to change uh, architecture, basically. So for me, last night, I was in a, uh, you know ego individuation self and saw the moment for, okay, this is where transcendent architect self gets to change something in my trajectory, gets to uh, remold or reshape the pattern so that now I don't have to worry about it going forward. But I can't architect and dwell at the same time. I have to be able to sort of step in between both and have an appreciation for the whole process of it. Right. Would well, what would you, uh, if you had to give a word or or label, I guess, uh, to that that uh, middle part? For me, for me, observer. Right. A thousand percent, a thousand percent. I it it. I had a conversation about this the other day too, where someone was like, "That just sounds unfun," and I'm like, "It's the most fun I've ever had. I am literally in a constant rapport or conversation with myself right. through creation and through other entities and beings that like through everything basically. Um, that it becomes this energetic dialogue where you get to learn how powerful this is." and how to apply it but that you know it's pretty we are sort of in this concept or state of really fast evolution and and like kind of crazy neuroplasticity evolution that's happening on a biologic level to the point where we have to take breaks from it like our biology is changing so that we can exist in that state in a way that feels unexhausting but that existing in that state um 
you know, takes a lot of brain power right now based on how our biology works. So like it's changed all sorts of stuff for me, but you know, I have to look at it from that sense of, okay, I need to be mindful that it's really exhausting for my biology for this physical vessel right now as it's evolving um, and going through this process of neuroplasticity to exist in that state more consciously, but that you gotta be willing to give yourself some time to like take a break and just be individuation um, so that your brain can breathe, <laughs> basically. I agree. I, I make sure I give myself those uh, those periods as well. All right, just go. Just like like you've been working, you've been elevating, da da da, <laughs> and then just go and like <laughs> just go. Yes. Just chill, chill it's out. A lot of work. It's, it's a not lot tangible work. work. It's not tangible work out here, and so people don't like. It's not something you can ever be affirmed in, other than meeting someone else who's doing it and it's like yes I've experienced that exhaustion yeah. <laughs> but it's a it's a lot of transmutation and energetic work that's happening at a core internal level all the time absolutely yeah there's days where I'm just like yeah no today today I I don't have it in me to be positive I'm just gonna I'm just gonna melt <laughs> I'm just giving giving myself because I'm usually go 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 like with whatever it is that I'm doing like little things but these little things that do they they do take on a lot of it or take a lot of energy and it's just like there's days I'm just like ah, everything on today's schedule moving it over you know like <laughs> next day or or scheduling it kind of throughout the week or whatever just like can't deal I, I, I need a break but um yeah and I feel like over time uh the more you're used to doing this work the more you'll be able to kind of take 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 it on and the more your system is going to be able to deal with it and less time that you need to kind of unplug, I guess would be a, a way to put it. Yes. <laughs> <It's a lot. laughs> or, or replug, right? Like depending on the matrix um, right. <laughs> metaphor you use. Well, but it's an interesting process too, because we're basically learning how to like from a micro to macro perspective, it seems like we're finally on the micro learning how to most efficiently use this energetic system we've been given so that we can finally learn how to do that at the macro global um, earth and humanity level because we've been really bad at that for a long time and we know that we're not good at utilizing resources or energy in a way that's efficient or healthy for the planet but we're at a micro level we're not super good at doing it for ourselves either so it's like that's a large part of this process too is just learning how to be more efficient with emotional energy thought field energy, um, you know, physical materia energy and, and all the different types and forms of energy that can work together or that don't work together so well too. And, and like how to process them um, in a way that is the most efficient, the healthiest for us. Yeah, for sure. So uh, now I'll ask you this question. You don't have to share. If you don't want to, you could just say next or skip or whatever. Um, so was there a moment where where you kind of just like holy shit i need to change things over yeah basically that's kind of the beginning of the the path right but yeah um yes so uh you know the dark night of the soul is a real thing <laughs> i i had to you know this journey starts usually in a state of total isolation and and a sense of total purposelessness um, I was at a point where I was going to a job every day that represented everything that I stood against, um, that made me co a completely mindfully incongruent person, 
that was, uh, you know, forcing me to exist, not forcing me, but, you know, NPC self basically was existing in martyrdom programming um, that was exhausting and seemed, you know, without end. And that at a certain point, I like, one, I kind of opened a door I didn't mean to open. So that was an interesting process. I don't know if you experienced that as well. Tell me more. <laughs> it was like, I got, I got one, my reflection of my projection got incredibly small, the more isolated I became. Um, and so it like the first step became, holy shit, it's all me. I have to take responsibility and, and how much of a process that is for the ego, because it does not want to do that. It's, but you realize very quickly that actually it does enjoy it because with great power comes, or with great responsibility comes great power basically, that uh, now ego steps into this understanding of, oh, if I actually just allow self to express, I'm my most powerful, I'm the least amount of victim that I can be. Um, so that was an interesting journey for me. But I also just like, kind of flung the door wide open on accident and like fell into observance consciousness uh, without, without having bridged it. <laughs> it was like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> uh, because once you, if you start experiencing that strong reflection of your projection and you haven't had any sort of understanding or awareness or teaching of what that like as above, so below is, it becomes this really paranoid, scary space where you're like, holy shit, are people watching me? Why is everything reflecting my thoughts, like what, <laughs> what's going on? And so I had to, I had to deprogram a lot of fear-based things um, or fear-based narratives that are put in us that are like, you know, kind of the big brother mindset where it was like, I would see so much synchronicity between, and that's what it is, is you're really genuinely just experiencing synchronicity. But once you see it, if you don't know what it is, it's like, how is this happening? What is going on? <laughs> so that's the, that's an important step I would say to people too, is like hold space for that and, and let it be something that teaches you about existing programming or belief systems that are keeping you in that state or making you want to return to just like NPC ego individuation. Um, not that there's anything wrong with that, but that it makes you too scared to you know, keep going, basically, you know, keep going. <laughs> courage, there's no courage without fear. And courage is one of our most amazing human traits, aside from self-belief, um, which are pretty contingent things that exist within us. But, you know, if it feels scary, if the reflection feels small, learn from it, observe it, accept it, love it, keep moving. Yeah. You'll get there. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so the, the term NPC, we spoke about this a few days ago. You, me, and Brandon uh, and Bo were left from the round table and we're just uh, shooting the shit basically. And, and I was like, listen guys, I, I need to bring up this topic, topic of NPCs. Like, what the fuck does it actually mean? Like, you know, because yeah. like, I feel like nobody, not nobody, but I feel like a lot of people have their own opinion and, and maybe they're also influenced from other people's opinions, whatever. Um, and I was like, it doesn't make sense. And, and what I, what I had brought up was, uh, that, uh, I'm going to try to put it in, in, into good words, um, that how is it that, uh, some people are like, 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 for example, let's say a rock, uh, is part of the source, part of the universe, part of right. God, uh, 
uh, has consciousness and you're telling me there's people walking around that ha don't have consciousness like that's basically how it feels that people are expressing it and I'm like I don't understand so I don't remember which one of you guys actually had brought it up maybe it was you I don't remember who it was but it basically uh, you guys uh, kind of made it clear that it's just basically not not being awake that's really what it comes well down. Maybe not even non-assisted. I think in some cases it's like there's ego individuation, and then there's what I see as um, NPCs are still an extremely important part of the co-creative process as an archetypal behavior pattern within a system for ego individuations to interface with. They're extremely necessary, basically, but that it's very similar to you know, we kind of equated it to just being devoid of ego, that it's just materia that's a part of a larger, um, ex like, source expression that provides that environment for ego, but that there have to be some of those sort of ego devoid um, vessels for us to have that interaction. And, and we sort of talked about it being similar to concepts of hive mind or unity consciousness, even in birds where, you know, starlings, for example, when they're in uh, like a, a unified field mentally move as one entity, they lose that sense. Each individual vessel within that collective becomes NPC-like in that moment. But the, the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. And so it's actually not a negative. I think a lot of people perceive it as a negative, but what we're really saying is like, it's this working, it's a vessel that is a human biological form or potentially a non-human biological form. I think a lot of animals exist in hive mind or unity consciousness or are open to that um, field of existence, uh, of, of expression of source that, you know, it's, it's actually extremely important. We need those sort of empty vessels um, to allow spirit, big spirit, big source self to express through them to ego individuations of mo in moments of necessary learning, basically. Yeah. So that I think most people hear the NPC thing and they're like, oh, that's so rude. Like you're basically calling a person, not a person. And I'm I'm not saying I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that this is a, a vessel of prima materia that is just a pure vessel for source expression in the right moment, which is pretty much what Christ consciousness is. It's this whole concept of, you know, we are, you know, for lack of a better word, we're the flute and spirit is the wind that, you know, the air that blows through it that makes music all around us, but that you need both to be able to experience that. And that sometimes it's not just a flute, it's an orchestra, right? When you're listening to an orchestra, you hear the orchestra. You don't necessarily focus on each individual player within that musical comp composition. And yet it is the orchestra that makes it beautiful and um, you know, most creative, its best self, basically. So hopefully that kind of like, I think we talked about that a lot and I, I agree with you. I think a lot of people look at it as something that's like, if you, if you see NPC like behavior, then what you're saying is like, oh, it's just like an empty uh, avatar that's useless. And I'm like, no, 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 it is an empty avatar, but that's what makes it extremely useful. That's what makes it most important because source is going to show up most expressly, most truly, most purely through that vessel, that biological form 
for ego individuation selves to actually grow and learn from it and like be present and listen to it or see what like have an awareness of what's going on with it basically I think it has a lot to teach us about um awareness too and letting that state exist yeah the other thing that I've really noticed too is there's this concept between higher self and lower self where you have to be willing to be the fool to be the master and so sometimes that means you have to have a willingness to exist in an NPC state or fool state for higher self to make moves in 3D reality that your ego shame patterning normally would not let you make. And, and so you're acting in a fool-like or NPC-like state because people would be like, what the fuck are you doing? But it's an extremely important thing for you um transcendently at a soul level for you to do whatever it is that thing that spirit or source is pushing you to do that would make you be perceived as a as a fool basically and uh for those that are listening uh in case people have never heard the term npc non-player character uh i'm sure most have but if you haven't that just um you know for your information um i definitely can look back and say that um until age, even though at 16, I did have uh, an awakening, my or a first awakening, where I basically just the object uh, uh, observer mode came on. And because I wasn't ready and I was so dense, it was yeah. um, but <laughs> through that and many years after that, because I feel like literally it took another 10 years for me to kind of come online, like because I was kind of in a way egoless. And then I finally kind of, I guess, spirit stepped in uh, like all of a sudden i i started thinking for myself <laughs> you know um uh, uh, yeah i was definitely uh a different person but yeah uh i was definitely a non-player character i just i was plugged in oh same i i had some i had crazy ego programming that was all about like i think we had very similar ones which is probably why i feel such an intuitive connection to you but i was definitely in the like um emo punk kid woe is me you know dressed in all black be you know be the rock star rebel which now i look back and i still love those things like i i can still appreciate some of those songs but i also am at a point in my journey where i realized what i was doing to myself like that whole concept of they know not what they do i was constantly consuming content that was just a reflection of my internal state that just compounded it and made it worse Yep. and made like so you know in i was wallowing in my victimhood and basically just constantly consuming that reflectionary content from that projection that i was creating and it made it like just worse and worse and worse and worse and worse to the point where now i'm like yeah i can hear like an old song that i like but i also know what the lyrics and the tone of the song are going to do to me and so i make choice points now not to consume it that i can still appreciate that i can still love the artistry of it but that i'm i'm not going back to that state of ego individuation because she was just constantly taking things in that didn't serve her that made her life worse that made her life feel like suffering or like not enough or like there was an enemy that had to be taken down or an adversary i had to you know go fight to to feel affirmed and, and positive and constructive as a part of um, the creative process yeah for sure for sure oh thank god we're moved on <laughs> also, 10 years feels like a long time but honestly in the in the bigger picture scheme of things 10 10 years is like a millisecond to creation so yeah 
flat, right? It's just like blink. Yeah. For sure. I, I, the people I work with in session, I tell all the time too, like we want like results like this. And I try to remind people, you know, whether we're three months into sessions or six months into sessions, if you've broken through 20 or 30 years or 40 or 50 years, depending on who I'm working with, of programming, of ego individuation, like belief systems and programming in a six month period, like give yourself credit, you know? I, I don't, people don't give themselves enough credit on this journey either for how, how much time we've existed in the, the other space or other mindset. Yeah. And that if you get through, like so many have healed a lot in the last two and a half years. And I'm like, holy crap, guys, you healed, you know, 20, 30 years of experiential trauma in, in two years, one year, six months, whatever it is, be proud of yourself. Give yourself some credit. That's something that our ego individuation seem to have an obsession with is that we have to be humble. And I'm like, no, we need to like bring this sense of, of self-loving pride back. Um, if you ever look up the word humble, ironically, like you read the definition and you're like, wow, I don't want to be any of these things. These were all the things that I was as ego individuation that made me feel like I wasn't enough and like I didn't make a difference. And, you know, all of the things that go along with uh, basically the self-effacement of what being humble is. <laughs> yeah, I feel you. I feel you. Um, yeah, I'm, you know, I do hear people talk about, you know, pride is bad. And I'm like, uh, yeah, it depends on how far you take it. But that's, that's really applied to anything in, in the world. How far do you take anything? Anything at all? Too much? There's, there's a spectrum to them all, right? They, there has to be. So there's like egocentric pride, that's arrogant pride, that's reactionary pride, that's the kind that gets you in a place mentally that, you know, you're offended by everything. And then there's loving pride, which people have no problem using that sense of pride with like their children right. or their family members or friends. But when it comes to self, there's like this preconceived notion that it's wrong for you to look at something you've done and feel a sense of pride over it. Mm -hmm. Whereas, you know, if you're at a soccer game with your kid and you score a goal or that they score a goal, you're really proud of them and you're okay with it. Right. But we never do that version of pride for ourselves. I mean, um, so it's it. like, that's a super important part of this process too. Good job. Like, like, yeah. like the start. It's okay to be like, hey, I, I really appreciate you. You did really yes. fucking proud of you. God. Yeah. Good job. I say it to myself in the mirror all the time. I, I think people need to speak to themselves more too. Um, you know, that's an awareness exercise that I give almost everyone when I start working with them, just to build that initial rapport, um, rapport or awareness of like what's going on up here because most people are hearing it but they're not listening to it right so mirror work like the thing I always tell people is all right let's just start with a simple exercise every time you look in the mirror have a pause perspective and actually listen to what's being said if the first thing that happens up here is something that is like telling you you're not good enough as you are or is unkind it's time to change the narrative, but that you have to like get present enough to hear that dialogue or that narrative running to be willing to reprogram it or sort of deconstruct it away. So that the first thing you think when you look in the mirror is something like, I love you, or I'm proud of you, or like, we got this, you know, whatever it is, that voice that is supposed to be there to support you instead of the one that is 
telling you you got to change something or you know put on a better outfit or you know don't go out today because you you know you aren't looking pretty enough or whatever it is for the average person right um but just having that present awareness of just what you're even saying to yourself in your own mind when you look at your own reflection is something most people are like huh i've never done that <laughs> but you should probably listen because there's a lot of voices that you're letting happen right. that are co-creating your reality that really aren't your friend yeah <laughs> they're not serving you absolutely absolutely so let's talk about unity unity consciousness oh yeah so Here's the thing with unity consciousness. It's the best feeling in the world, but the ego is scared shitless of it because there's not a lot of space. There's no space for fear or shame or judgment of self within, within that unity consciousness or collective conscious level. Like to be able to share a mind, you have to be willing to not be scared of what people are going to think about like if you're already scared of your own thoughts unity consciousness is not at the door for you right now because you're already scared of what you're doing in here you're not going to let anyone else in but that that version of self which is basically just vessel for your full archetypal personas like all of the archetypes that live inside of you not just whatever zodiac you were born under is the most intelligent most efficient truest purest form of self but you have to be willing to not let your ego stop self from intuitively expressing um, out of fear or shame or judgment of whatever other people are going to think so we start learning it out here then we learn it in here and then we get to this place where we can have or experience like unity consciousness christ consciousness or hive mind all basically the same thing but of course you say hive mind and people immediately are like oh, that sounds scary i don't want that <laughs> that sounds like a takeover and i'm like no no no. i promise i promise it's better i promise it's the next evolutionary track for the human psyche and consciousness and then it will behoove all of us <laughs> but th that trust isn't quite there for a lot of people yet because they don't trust themselves and so you got to get to a place of self-trust first so that you can trust all of self at is as it exists through the co-creative process yeah absolutely yeah um so yeah as far as uh, the ego goes uh so my thought on that is you know how some people some people are like yeah let's let's uh destroy the ego we gotta you know get rid of the ego here's my thought um i feel like the ego is important i think the problem with ego is when uh the ego has wounds that it has not healed yet once yeah, ego should never be the master <sighs> that's yes, the problem is well, it, it is. If ego is the master and is vesseling and is captaining the vessel the ship right you're not going to get very far because it's ego is scared to even leave port they call for rain and ego is like we're not exploring today yeah yeah ego is is weak <laughs> ego is is that little scared mouse you know that's uh trying to pretend it's bigger than it is um yeah ego is definitely not a problem for those that that you know uh keep hearing you know kill your ego or something along those lines. no 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 integrate into self yeah. integrate ego ego has a lot to teach us the yes. biggest thing about ego is that usually it was learning how to use qualities or characteristics that are strengths for us yeah just in the wrong way right. like 
a lot of women, for example, learn how to use that feminine archetypal strength to endure, to martyr, instead of learning how to exist in that strength as self to do things like set boundaries, to not be, to have the strength, to have an intuitive moment or conversation, to say the thing that your spirit is telling you to say that ego is like, I don't know, people are going to not like you if you say that, right? So ego is definitely meant to be there. And and again, I think we're in this sort of um, timeframe right now where a lot of people are experiencing ego convergences through the timeline. And it's a choice point. It either shows up and you go, oh, I already did this work. Fuck you, go away. (laughs) Why are you here, right? And like, that's the choice point. You're choosing to not love the ego or shadow self. Or you can say, wow, you got, you had to happen. And I love you for happening for me to be this me. What are the qualities or characteristics that I need to remember to love and appreciate about that ego individuation self um, that transcended and became higher self through the learning process. But like, we have to make that choice point that even when we have those timeline convergences that feel denser, where we're like seeing all of those traumas from ego individuation, we get this choice to either love it and appreciate it or integrate and integrate it or to like, screw you ego, I don't want you go away, (laughs) basically. Yeah, 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 gotta gotta heal those wounds. basically integration it's all it's all about integration and um so speaking of integration uh something that i kind of wanted to bring up with you um so um so i feel like i feel like throughout throughout um however long throughout our existence uh you know we've been going from the higher dimensions, you know, let's say sources, I don't know how far the dimensions go, but let's just say that sources at the 12th dimension, I don't know how far, far the dimensions go. Uh, so the lower it goes throughout the dimensions, the more it separates, the, uh, the more uh, it fragments, fragments, and then here we are in the third dimension, we are super fragmented, super lost, super confused. And I feel like right now at this point in time is when, when and it's reminding me of, um, the way the lungs take in breaths so it goes expand contract expand contract so so basically so we you know we reached we reached a point of oh okay holy crap we really like <laughs> separated the fuck out of ourselves uh fragmented the fuck out, out of ourselves that at, at this point now we are like okay back to source so now we are healing therefore integrating and and uh going back towards let's let's say the, our more divine nature or who we actually are yeah and I wanted to bring that up and uh hear what you have to say about that so I think that this has been a long time coming basically and that a lot again I work with belief systems with people a lot so there is an overarching theme um within you know orthodox scripture basically that is a subconscious belief system that's integrated into most of society, especially the Western world, which is that we're here to suffer. Right. And that divinity or God or creation is a singular individual entity or persona that exists above and outside of you. Instead of actually looking at scripture and having this rational realization of, well, literally every person in scripture that had a divine moment had it in here. And they may have had a projective reality that occurred that looked like 
it was happening out here, but that it all happened in here. So most of the uh, faith-based you know, belief systems right now are being kind of deconstructed by people who understand I have to be part of creation. I have to be this you know, part of divinity. I have to be an important part of the cosmological process Otherwise, why, like, you know, this isn't the Wizard of Oz. God isn't sitting behind some curtain. Um, you know, I, I, think, I, was mention I, that think, I think that God, though, did, just as we have, get an ego individuation. And I see this version of creator that's been utilized um, in most of Orthodox scripture as almost creation or, or the one eternal thing, ego individuation on earth that even source needs to integrate and appreciate its ego or shadow that occurred through like the last 2000 years of faith-based uh, spirituality and belief systems for us all to transcend, but that we can do it on the micro as a collective and that can heal even, even source basically. Um, but that, you know, we have to be willing to really take a look at the belief systems we've accepted and whether or not you know they're working for us, if they're getting us the desired results, that we were put here to learn how to be co-creators or or part of an, an intentional part of mindful part of the co-creative process, but that most of us are just sort of like letting ourselves be flailed around like with um, you know flags in the wind and feeling victim to it <laughs> instead of enjoying it and having fun. So I think a lot of this too is like people learning. You know, there's this very serious tone that comes with some of this work, but at the same time, I'm always reminding people, you're also learning how to play again. You know, I don't, I don't think whatever created everything was sitting there going like, I really want parts of myself to suffer. You know, it wants to learn, but I, I don't think it ever wanted us to feel like we weren't a part of the, the whole, right? And the more parts of individuation or fragment that believe that they are separate from or disconnected from source, the more they really are, because belief shapes our collective reality. And that every time another part of individuation is lost to source, source becomes more aware of it, it losing its power, even within creation, that all of us have to be willing to accept our important and vital role in it for even the greater eternal one thing to continue creating and loving itself. Um, you know, I look at how depressed humanity is and I'm like, at a macro level, does that mean that creator is depressed? <laughs> you know, is, is creator sad? Is, create, is creator feeling disconnected from self? Um, which is a totally different thing, but you know, the, it's really appreciating that, that process that you are a micro universe and that the things you do with yourself have greater implications, not just for you, but for humanity as a whole, and even for creation, the like creator, the one eternal thing that is perceiving itself through all things. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, so the next thing I wanted to talk about is dispelling the common misconception that people have about what it it is like to live a spiritual life, what it's supposed to look like. I have a whole bunch of, of, of opinion on this. I actually have an episode uh, on my first season of Greetings Earth Family. I think it's titled possibly uh, How to Be Spiritual. 
in quotation marks because it's just yeah, like exactly. Exactly. it's just like what are you guys what's going on in the world with this like to me well I'll, I'll tell you about what what I feel like after after you because people are ridiculous like apparently clothes is clothing is what makes and saying namaste is makes is what makes you fucking spiritual yes <laughs> so to me spirituality at its most base core level is about belief intention and the ritual we the rituals we do for ourselves at a personal daily level to engage and enrich ourselves spiritually so you know for me spirituality is even at the end of the day creating a ritual for how i end my day right i drink a certain cup of uh, tea or I burn a certain incense I turn the computer off in a certain way and like leave the room a certain way it's a ritualistic nature for me even moments like that I think are spiritual moments for us because we're having this awareness of a physical behavior in the physical world that we're doing to help instill or empower an intention or belief that is best for our internal well-being so, you know, most people only think of spirituality as like sitting in some temple, um, you know, and, and like meditating and, you know, meditation is great, but even that, right? Like I tell people all the time, I want you to start thinking about meditating and they get all these excuses in their mind about like why they can't because they I don't, don't have the right like environment. Yeah. And I'm like, you can lay in your bed. I don't care. There's no right. You don't need to sit cross-legged with incense burning. Five minutes. Background. You five minutes. Let's let's, let's, let's shower. You you can do it while you're driving, yes. right? Like people have this weird misconception of spirituality as this uh, thing that is requiring of a one a collective rule book, right? Because that's kind of the narrative that's been given by a lot of structured religion is that there has to be a rule book that you're ascribing to and following diligently for you to have a proper or correct uh, yeah. spiritual experience instead of the spiritual experience being about that in, intuitive inner journey, building that rapport uh, with self internally so that you can experience the rapport with creation externally um, at some point, but that you know, spirituality can be simple. Belief systems can be simple. I tell people all the time, what's one of the most uh, like detrimental belief systems someone can have, and it's literally a lack of self-belief. That's a spiritual belief system, but most people don't think of that. They're thinking about things from scripture or, you know, how um, a certain uh, religious sect is going about it, and they're like, well, I just don't resonate with it. I'm like, well, then great that's spiritual for you too. It didn't resonate. What does resonate with you? Even that process is a spiritual experience. We've like, we've created this um, formulaic world where, you know, we've kind of removed spirituality from a lot of things because it's not, um, it's not easy to like data metric or analyze. And it, we're really at a loss for that. Like I, I work with businesses too, to help them understand that they are a spiritual entity or organism, even as a business. And that you have to be willing to have practices that treat you as a spiritual entity, whether as an individual persona or as an organization that help people appreciate the process, feel connected to something, 
have a sense of purpose, right? right? Like even establishing a sense of purpose is a spiritual experience. It's what makes you, it, it's what makes you, you, and it's what makes you appreciate why you are you too. So I completely agree with you. There's this, and I think it's getting much better. People are starting to realize you don't have, there's no right way to do spirituality, but that that's sort of a part of even the spiritual journey too, is your ego individuation's hyper concern for being affirmed in whether or not your spiritual practices are right. Valid. And that your ego has to learn to let go of that desire for affirmation and just let the intuition be the wise woman inside of you that's um, guiding you through this process that's totally personal and individual to each of us. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so for me, it's like you said, it's, it's basically it's self-care. Your healing journey is a spiritual practice. You drinking tea or drinking plenty of water is a spiritual practice. You're making sure that you eat healthy and you don't you don't take in things uh, things that are toxic to your body. Uh, you know, for example, making sure you research that uh, I don't know a certain kind of pan doesn't have certain kind of chemicals or certain certain kind of metals that you could scrape off with your metal uh, spatula. Just random, you know, just like because heavy metals are just extremely detrimental to your health in all the ways um yeah so taking care of yourself having some kind of like you matter you matter you're loved i love you fuck everybody else like like especially yeah. in the community, like a lot of us end up kind of isolated alone even before this whole thing happened technically we could be in a room full of people that we know and be alone you know and you know people are you know have their heads up their butts you know like like so who's going to hey, care if you find you? yourself in that darkness? Good for you. <laughs> yes, it's good for you because then you could like get up and start like, you know, it's a, it's a wake up call to take care of yourself. I yeah. love you. I care. For, I got you. I got you. Yeah. You yeah. have to experience a, a sense of isolation that makes you realize that all you have is yourself so that you can appreciate that all there is, is self. That like the more you learn how to love and self-care in here it's impossible for your projective reality not to reflect that right. basically yeah yeah um, and so that's yourself. like the, the really powerful thing is you start to realize like oh crap all i had to do is love myself and then yeah. everyone else will love me yes, exactly. <laughs> <That's easy. laughs> you become whole, and all of a sudden you're reflecting other people into your life that are also whole so now you're you don't have your your head no they don't have their heads up their asses they're present they're aware, they're not hurting. They don't have this wounded ego that, that just fucks everything up. They're just this, this whole integrated person. You're just this whole integrated person. And now you could just run around and just have fun together and laugh and whatever, talk shit, you know, but you're, you're coming from this place of wholeness of, of I'm taking care of, I don't need anything from you. I mean, we do wonderful things and we share and, and we everything, but I don't need desperately anything from anybody because I got me. Right. And so, so self-care and the other one is living from the heart. That's it. That's spirituality. It's not about, uh, like you said, sitting in a temple or wearing hippie pants. Like I see people that are, are spiritual. I, I like, I love using the fucking air quotes because it's just, you know, well, it's trendy right now too. So oh, there are a lot of people that are. And, and it's like, NPC spiritualists. And you know, and I'm I, I'm saying it right now, I'm only human. I do still get upset because because oh, of the of spirituality to, to me is just such a 
heart-based thing. It's not, oh, I'm going to sit like this. Look at me. Or take a picture of me. Let me post it on my, on my social media. Look how right. spiritual I am. <sighs> because that's not what spirituality is. <laughs> it's not. Um, yeah, it's, it's just this. Follow this. What feels right? What is your yeah, heart? Exactly. Yeah. And also just like start, I feel like people get so obsessed with finding the answers when the first step really needs to be learning how to ask yourself the right questions. Honestly, like that was the biggest part of my journey is I was so concerned with finding answers with knowing until I finally understood that knowing is the enemy of understanding. It really is the enemy of wisdom because you assume that this is what this is in perpetuity and this must be correct. Yeah. Um, you know, again, that exterior affirmation, whereas the, the heart led life, the intuitive life makes you, it gives you this like one state of wonder that you get to exist in. That's so important to the human process too. Even, you know, going on a walk is a spiritual experience. Yes. Going to the gym can be a spiritual experience. Absolutely. Sports are a spiritual experience. Like I, I invite people always to think about something that they're doing in their daily life and actually asking themselves, how can I assign a sense of spirituality to this? Knowing that every breath movement thought I make is a, a spiritual process that is being expressed through logical material form, basically. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, next thing I wanted to uh, talk about is, uh, so I noticed at the end of your email, you, have, you had a lovely quote and, um, so it says, uh, the curious paradox is that when I accept myself just as I am, then I am, I am, oh, then I can change by Carl Rogers. I love that quote. Yes. Yes. And uh, yeah. It was one of the most, uh, the reason I use it is because it's one of the most profound quotes for me in my journey. But it was one of the quotes that as I was experiencing that paranoid, fearful state of the reflection, it came into my life in a very synchronistic moment that showed me I'm just fearing myself and others. Or, you know, to the example with Carl Jung, which is basically that everything that annoys us about or irritates us about others has something to teach us about ourselves. And Wait, that, how annoying is that? Yeah, well, <laughs> exactly. So I have to accept myself just as I am, just as I, you know, um, just as I, as I project to be willing to evolve basically. Um, and that, you know, that's basically where I was at with it, that I had to take these moments where I would experience self through another human being. And I would have to force myself to look at it that way. Okay, this is a reflection of self. What are the qualities right now about this person that are irritating me? And how can I accept that those are probably truths for me? And if I don't like the way that I, that they feel when I'm experiencing them through my reflection, then I have the conscious responsibility. I have the power to change it in here, accept it as it is, as I experienced it, as it showed itself to me, accept it within self, then heal it and move forward with it so that my projective reality can become more positive, more loving. I'm not going to experience those irritating behaviors anymore because I have taking the conscious responsibility to accept them and evolve them or transmute them within myself first, instead of just feeling like annoyed um, by its presence or even lacking an awareness of it. Most people lack the awareness, right? Like they get irritated by other people and they 
even you as like, I don't know if you experienced this, but I'm really good at observance of other people. I always have been my whole life. And I would see it in others all the time where I would watch that back and forth projection happening and two people that couldn't stand each other. And I'm sitting there like the core value, you guys are doing the same thing to each other and you're just not seeing it. <laughs> you're not accepting the reality that you're facing yourself and you don't like it so that you're going to have to change. For sure. For sure. Uh, so I'm not sure if we ex exactly spoke about this. Uh, this is uh, one of the things that um, I have written down, uh, how to transcend, transcend the existing limiting perceptions and constructs of reality. Do we, do we cover this? I'm not completely sure. I feel like yes or I no. <laughs> I, think we, I think we touched on a lot. But you know, one, of the, one of the things that I've realized is the hugest lesson we're here to learn about duality is to accept and love the paradoxes yeah. of duality. That we know, even at a scientific level, that there's equal and opposite reactions to everything. And that if we want to change that, right? If we want to transcend that, we have to do it here first. Um, but that, you know, basically that's the goal is to understand things like paradoxes in a way where they don't feel adversarial, right? Like our, the duality we live in is very um, obsessed with the adversarial arrangement that my reflection is my enemy um, and I must take it down instead of learning how to see yourself in it, right? Um, so ironically, this is uh, like kind of where the word, the root of the word Satan comes from, interestingly enough, which is that originally it was a Greco-Roman word used by philosophers and politicians right. to describe uh, an individual that opposed you. Now, opposing you, being your reflection, is a learning process. It's not supposed to be a fight. That's what I think we're like all kind of having to relearn too, is that when something opposes you, right? It's, it's metaphorically very similar to how you need abrasion or something like sandpaper to polish a gem. Opposition is not your adversary. It's this abrasive force that you get to be very intentional with how you uh, correlate with it, how you interact with it so that you can luster yourself as the gem against the abrasion instead of seeing it as your enemy that you need to get rid of basically i think that's one of the biggest things that we all have to learn is to stop like we all say we want peace but we're obsessed with having um i call it hero syndrome like we have to make a bad guy so that we can feel like a hero right. but at a certain level of paradox and conscious responsibility you have to be willing to sit there and go it's selfish of me to want an enemy just so I can feel like a, a hero because I know that I'm making something that doesn't need to exist and that takes away from my peace or takes away from my ability to enjoy the process and learn. Right, yeah. Uh, something just popped into my head that kind of does not relate at all, but I just kind of want to throw this. Oh, I'm sure it does. <laughs> um, so um, I watched something a few days ago this week or last week uh talking about mass formation now anybody that has not did i send you this by the way did i i'm not sure i'm not sure either um okay so mass formation it's it's like hypnosis 
uh, only, I guess, on a non-individual level. Um, I'm not a, I am not in any way whatsoever um, um, very well versed in this at all. Like I know hypnosis, but mass formation, I do not know, uh, except for what I just learned recently. Um, so it's interesting. So what was brought, brought, brought to my attention was that, um, so with hypnosis, uh, like if somebody is hypnotized, like you could tell them uh, hurt this person or, or hurt me, they won't do it. It's just like this, this uh, I guess morale, oh, I don't know, like something within them just like, no, like I'm, I'm, I'm not going to do that. But when it comes to mass formation, I guess something about it being a group that you're losing your oh yeah, herd mind. Yeah, you're losing your um, decency. I'm gonna. <laughs> I don't know. Like, but so the, it, it depends <laughs> on the herd you choose to join, basically, right? That's the trick with this. So, so, um, and I forget. I should have. Um, I forget. There's there's four um, things that are involved, or uh, four uh, conditions that are involved for the human psyche to, uh, I guess, fall into this category or into this spell. Uh, so one is isolation, which pretty much everybody is isolated. The other one is um, lack of um, purpose, which, you know, you go to work, there is no purpose, you know, like for the most part, people just don't feel like they have purpose. And there's uh, two more that I presently do not remember. Um, so basically it, it creates this condition where you have this free, called free floating anxiety. And basically, people that know about this, because this, this is cyclical, this goes through humanity over and over and over again. So things like, you know, what happened um, in Germany, uh, what's happening now, um, the witch trials, like, the, the, you know, like burning, yeah. hum burning humans. Because by the way, still to this day is the worst genocide that's ever happened. And it has never been given that credence, actually. Yes. compared to other genocides there's there's towns apparently that ran out of women because they're all witches <laughs> you know so like there's a problem there's always in this 3d realm there's always there's always issues so there's you know so this this um mass formation and just like oh there's this issue oh that's the enemy let's attack so like again with hypnosis they won't hurt people but mass formation murder happens yeah, so this is a large part of ego individuation programming that people have to transcend. That's its own, that sort of programming is its own state of negative or controlling hypnosis. Whereas um, like for the Gnostics, it was this concept of gnosis, not necessarily hypnosis, but gnosis, which is the gnosis of the soul. That basically the only thing you're entranced by is self. And that that's the, the, like, the thing that will lead you to your best expression, your, your best success, your purest form. Um, but that that's an internal gnosis that occurs, that's intentional, um, that is malleable, if you will, compared to like ego programming that a lot of us get. So the example I, you know, this is nothing against our military members. I think that they're one of the most hypnotized programmed individuals on the planet sometimes in a very unhealthy way, which is that you have a soldier who will be out in the field who's been programmed to follow commands, which is kind of basically a form of, um, you know, hypnosis. 
and they will see something that they know morally, intuitively, at a human level is incongruent to their belief systems and how they would act as an individual. But because of that command programming, they do it anyway. So that to me is like the negative form of hypnosis that's always existed, you know, that we call programming basically or conditioning that people sort of are blissfully unaware of until they experience it. And it becomes this, it creates these really traumatic rifts and fractals and fragments in the soul structure, um, far more so than that internal gnosis, which actually helps you heal it basically. But yet, yeah, I totally agree with you that there's like, now there's this choice point of which form of it you are engaging with. You're choosing the herd or the hive mind that you are aligned with, that you're resonant with, that your frequency is sort of in with, but then you also have this conscious responsibility to ask yourself how that herd mind is making you feel. If it's yeah. making you angry, if it's making you feel like you have an enemy, if it's making you feel like you have no one you can trust, if it's making you feel um, you know, like you're a part of a system that's here to take something down, right? Right. And that's probably the not the healthiest thing. form of it to be in. Yeah. So is this, yes, yeah, so is this whole thing where, um, you know, this, this isolation, this, this lack of purpose now translates into, oh, that's an enemy. We all, we are all brothers now. We're brethren. We're, you know, we're, we're all soldiers. We want to blame the 1% in the government, but realistically, the 1% in the government is made up of individual ego personas that are programmed. Yeah. So we got to like take the conscious responsibility. We got to accept that it's just self yeah. existing yeah. in a, in a format that doesn't feel good to us. Yeah. So yeah, they, they, they attack the enemy. And in this case, you know, like in today's case, you know, there's, I mean, there's different, technically there's different groups. There's, I'm going to say the, the, uh, vaxxers, the anti-vaxxers, just as an example, like the, the, oh, yes. the vaxxers are like, oh, anti-vaxxers, they're, they're the devil. Ah, ah let's let's destroy and then you know like the other side is you know whatever you want to call the other side they're just like oh sheeple sheeple while, while i understand the sheeple part i get it at the same time like do we need to they're like both existing on, the, on the ends of the spectrum of highly programmed individuals right now <laughs> if i'm being completely honest yes um most of them ironically are staring at the other side and going you don't think for yourself well Everything that irritates you about another has something to teach you about you is basically what I would say to that. And interestingly enough too, um, this kind of goes back to a concept of logos therapy, but there's this sort of Freudian concept of therapy that people who have mistrust for things like the government um, and for large corporate entities have a, like a very deep paternal wound or, yes. or mistrust wound. Um, and so I work a lot with people in just getting into that mindset where you see the micro to macro reflections of that. So that if you're looking at something like, you know, the government and going, I don't trust you again, what does it have to teach you about yourself? You're experiencing that reflection because you don't trust you. So it doesn't mean you have to engage with it, but it's like a choice point of, okay, I don't like what I'm seeing through this lens, how do I change the lens instead of how do I try and change the thing that's on the other side of the lens? Yeah. Like I, I mean, I, I don't trust the government either, but you know, like it's, it's, it's not this whole major thing, whatever, I'm skipping over that. So, um, 
so yeah so i wanted to say like the you know they they go from these individuals uh you know before they join this mass formation you know uh they go from being so isolated to feeling like they're part of the formation right and then over time it just gets so messy so chaotic so distorted so fucked up that um at the end of it down the down the road they actually end up feeling even more isolated than what they started with i just wanted to kind of finish that up you know there's a lot of chaos energy present right now because of this extremely fast trajectory of like uh psyche evolution that we're having as humanity here's the thing with chaos energy you as the individual form are either creating with it or destroying with it and if you're destroying with it you're destroying self along with whatever else you're destroying but that again like there's this vilification of you in the concept of chaos energy as something that's like inherently bad instead of seeing it as like resource material for us to take and intentionally remold with and move with but if you're a person who's living in the sense that everything's done by others outside of you and you're a victim to reality you're never going to engage with that sort of chaos energy in a way that feels constructive or positive for you because you think it's not yours to touch you think you're just supposed to exist in it instead of mold with it and move with it and flow with it and transmute it um i'm really happy you brought that up honestly because i think a lot of people are existing in that frame right now where they're like everything's so chaotic right now and i don't know what to do I'll wait for someone else to fix it for me. I'm like, why don't you engage with that chaotic energy? See what you can do with it. There's a lot of beautiful things that can be made from that. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Like when things burn burn down, they 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 create a uh, um, uh, soil that 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 has the nutrients to grow beautiful things. So yeah, creation comes out, or the phoenix comes out of chaos yeah. first happening. Things need to fall to be reborn. Yeah. So speaking of rebirth, uh, I usually, if I remember, like to this time I wrote it down, this way I don't forget. Uh, I like to ask uh, people that come on this podcast um, what new earth is or means or what they think new earth is. Like, uh, what, what do you to think? To me, new earth is a total shift in consciousness. I think that we're going to have a few steps that occur before we move back into a total sense of um, availability for unity consciousness, which is that I think right now we're kind of finding or aligning with our people or the, the familial units that we would feel most comfortable starting in a smaller sense of unity consciousness with. So this would basically be like, you know, family units moving toward having shared psychic fields, um, but not necessarily having a shared psychic field with the total collective, but that the goal is for us to like keep moving toward that basically, where at a certain point we would just be spiritual uh, individuation self, right? Like there, there would still be individuation, there would still be self, but it wouldn't be so concerned with the the particular suit in which we dwell that we're going to be learning how to actually use consciousness as a medium for experience and individuation within consciousness as a medium for experience where you know we learn how to like share the space with each other you know maybe i'm not the only ego maybe i'm not the only individuation self that can exist in this vessel maybe i can have three or four self 
present in Vessel and that we're kind of learning how to like experience consciousness in a totally different format because we've been experiencing it one way for so long and creation is kind of sitting here like all right time to do a new thing i gotta learn more things we learned this time to learn a new way to do it wonderful love it uh so the last thing i would like to ask is uh what advice would you give to humanity um like a really important uh piece just like a kind of a leave off. Hey, do this. Um, try to really start seeing everything as yourself. Mm. Uh, it's going to feel super performative at first. Mm. Um, and it's mostly only going to be stuff that you can do with other individuation, you know, humans. Um, but that it becomes something where the more you do it, you know, the more you look at someone, again, even when they're irritating you and get really introspective and intuitive with asking questions like, okay, but how can I accept myself in this person that's in front of me and love it mm -hmm. instead of disliking it? I, that's my biggest recommend, honestly, is just starting there and also just starting with being oh, like present. So many people are not present. They are constantly thinking about stuck in fearing things that have happened prior in experience and projecting it into imaginative thought about the future and like creating this vicious loop that is really only fixed or moved out of if you get really present where you can see them both at the same time and make choice points from the present with it about how you want to move forward how you want to evolve basically but that there's got to be a level of uh, conscious responsibility that occurs for each of us. Absolutely. So um, I guess the last thing I would uh, ask is, uh, what do you, uh, what offering do you bring to this world, or what what do you what do you do? How how can people benefit from I guess what you do, whatever comes to mind. Like so basically, I I have an awareness that I am a very strong reflection um i used to not have enough awareness of it to guide it or sort of mold it if you will so i actually went through a large portion of my life where people didn't really like me because i was just giving them purely themselves back and it took a long time for me to realize that it was never me that people were like having difficulty with it was themselves Same. but now that i have an awareness of that I sense when I'm sort of sharing the space, if you will, like especially in set in session to the point where I can hear what self wants to say to self, but mold it in a way that is receivable to mm -hmm. self. Like so many times we've been so disconnected from our spiritual self that honestly, it's like angry at us and you can't really blame it, but that that communication doesn't necessarily go well when you first start this journey. Um, and so that's where I kind of come in as um, a practitioner is to help mold what yourself wants to say to you in a way where you can receive it and appreciate it and actually make a positive constructive change with it instead of just feeling, you know, self and ego feeling constantly angry at each other and never actually getting the work done um, or receiving the information from one another because they they just like don't want to accept it <laughs> as it is and how can people find you 
Um, so the easiest way is my website, which is moonandrune.com. I also um, am on social media, so you can follow me on Instagram at moonandrunewellness or at nemofawn is my personal account. Um, I cross post a lot to both, but there are certain things that I only post to one or the other. Um, and that if you do go to my website, uh, I know that the way I do therapy is very different. Um, I do integrative therapy because most of us either are having or need to be having a spiritually aware experience. And so I feel like it has to be a part of the therapeutic model as far as guidance goes. Um, but that most people are unwilling to try it because they've experienced some form of very clinical, rational-based psychology therapy that was either ineffective for them or traumatic for them. Um, so my first session, my initial consult session is always free. I just want people to try it. Um, it's a full session, but I just want people to try it and feel the difference and see what it feels like to have a wellness session that is mindful of that uh, spiritual existence and how to better cultivate it and how to appreciate it and how to really start that inner journey in a way that feels safe instead of, um, you know, like you're falling down the rabbit hole, basically. I love it. Yeah. So uh, uh, the problem with, um, in my opinion, uh, with uh, traditional therapy is that it's only concentrating on this and it's forgetting about this because, you know, this gets traumatized. So does this. So we can't just concentrate on this because there's still this that will project. So not only is yeah. this projecting, this is projecting. So, so definitely talking and feeling. So putting both into account, integration. Yeah, this is actually the best healer as an organ in our entire body. We assign so much value to this. Um, and this is an incredibly powerful thing, but the syncopation the harmony of this and this is realistically the goal. Like that's the purest state of gnosis is when these two are so in tune with each other that they're collaborating in every moment um, as, a, as a, you know, as a force within you instead of as individual um, organs or structures. Again, that whole concept of the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. <laughs> Yeah, beautiful. Awesome. So I'm definitely going to put all your information down in the description notes and everything. And I want to say thank you so much for coming. I really love this conversation. Uh, you are a gift to the world. And um, yeah, thank you everybody for listening. Yeah, thank you so much. It was it was wonderful. I loved every bit of this conversation and uh, look forward to a future where maybe we have a few more. Absolutely. Yeah, let's see what the world brings us. All right, guys, I'll see you later. Thank you very much for listening. Bye.